what is it about modern life and modern technology that creates this sense of hysteria, this sense that everything is going to hell in a handbasket when you look out your window and everything's great? Hello, and welcome to Sharp, the podcast where we help you get a little better at the stuff you have to do so you can spend more time doing the stuff you want to do. So now, on with the episode. So, hello. <laughs> um, I'm outside. Sounds a bit different, doesn't it? You can tell I'm outside. Um, don't worry, I haven't forgotten how to record in the studio because it's been so long since the last episode. I'm outside in a small woods near where we live. And you can tell because you can hear the leaves underfoot. That's me walking in the leaves. It's a bit cold. Um, bit windy. You might hear a bit of wind and the skies are really dark. In fact, if you've looked at our Instagram account before, you'll have seen the picnic table that uh, I took a photograph of before. Um, it's here right in front of me. How exciting. Omni-channel. Anyway, why am I here? Well, if you ever listen to Adam Buxton's podcast... Um, He does an intro from outside, and his is really successful. So I reckon, surely that must be the only reason his podcast is successful. Obviously, it's not about him being a remarkable talent or having great guests or anything. It's just because he records an intro from the outside. Hang on a minute, what's that? Can't work out if that's an air ambulance or a police helicopter. What's it doing here in the woods? Maybe someone's been horse chestnut rustling or something. Still circling. Maybe there's been a report of a weirdo with a funny microphone walking around in the wind. Um, Anyway, where were we? So, in this episode, we're doing a kind of a book review. The main theme is I'm going to review four great books that I've read this summer. And I'm going to tell you why I think you'll like them. And we even talk about dog-earing book pages. Yep, we're living life on the edge. Don't tell Pepper though, she's not a fan of dog ears. It's not so nice here now. Um, So yeah, we're going to be... Okay, that's not good, is it? I'm not sure it's a good idea to be uh, recording on electrical gear near trees (laughs) in a lightning storm. Um... I think I'm going to head for home. I'm going to cover the gear up first. Uh, So here comes the episode on four great book reviews. I'm sure there'll be a title at some point. Um, I'm going to head for home and I'll see you out here at the end of the episode. Might be back here in the woods or might even be in a warm studio. So as I explained in that intro in the woods, we're kind of reviewing four books. I keep saying kind of. By the end of the episode, you'll understand why I'm saying we're kind of reviewing four books. I won't list the books all in advance because, well, you just want to get on with it. So the first book is a book called Four Seconds and it's by Peter Bregman. Now, if you're a regular listener, you'll know that We're huge fans of Peter Bregman's 18 Minutes book. 
We've covered it quite a lot. In fact, how many episodes? One, two, three, four, seven, eight. We've covered it in eight episodes. So when I saw this book, which was published a few years after 18 Minutes, called Four Seconds, I was intrigued. On the front cover, there's a quote from Seth Godin. Now, he's quite a big cheese. If you don't know who Seth Godin is, he's an author and entrepreneur, and he says things like this. So let's talk about the difference between a logo and a brand, right? Because companies spend way too much time on their logo, just like people on YouTube spend way too much time on their hair. I, I'm told they spend way too much time on their hair. If Nike owned, opened a hotel, I think we would be able to guess pretty accurately what it would be like. If Hyatt came out with sneakers, we'd have no clue because Hyatt doesn't have a brand. They have a logo. Seth Godin's quote about the book Four Seconds is this. This book is priceless. A book that could change your career, your marriage, your life. And that's a bold claim, isn't it? So, what's it all about? Well, Four Seconds is about changing habits. It's about moving away from bad habits towards good ones. And it aims to help you ditch counterproductive behaviour and replace it with better strategies, better results. And why is it called Four Seconds? Well, that's because that's the time it takes to draw a breath and think about responding in a different way than you might instinctively respond. I think you're pretty good at breathing in. I probably didn't need to demonstrate it anyway. In fact, rather than me talk about it, here's Peter Bregman himself talking about the book on a video called Entrepreneur's Library. Um, a lot of times you get people who are really great writers or you get people who are um, really kind of understand business really well and they, they aren't necessarily... And, and, and then you get people separately who understand people and who understand behavior. And I think what this book does is it brings it together. We've got, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a research-based approach to, to, to a bunch of it in terms of what works and what doesn't work. And there's, you know, I write and the book um, approaches the challenge, right, of shifting our behavior in a way that's specifically geared to shift behavior and in a way that takes into consideration, like, you know, how does it work? You know, you're, you're an entrepreneur, if you're listening to this, how does it, what is it that we need to do when we're starting business, running businesses, dealing with the problems that we face in businesses? Um, and how do we, in a very, very practical way, do that with a clear understanding of human behavior and human nature and in a way that actually inspires us to do something about it to make ourselves better. It's a good book. It's got really relatable content. Bregman, it, oh, that's a bit poncy, wasn't it? Relatable content. Um, it's, it's, it's relatable. It's got good content. It, um, it's easy to read, <laughs> and I like it. Um, Bregman's a good storyteller. And each chapter is effectively a story with a small idea for change at the end. Here's one at random. Let's have a look. Chapter 15, Dorrit's first grade classroom. Ignore the inner critic. And at the end of that chapter, it ends with this summary. Next time your inner critic makes an appearance, replace it with a voice of love, care and support. The voice that you'd use with a six-year-old. 
That was me putting the book down. Each idea, or each idea for change, is highlighted in a box at the end of the chapter, which summarises the key message. And that makes the book really easy to revisit, because you can just dog ear or highlight each summary. Yes, I have said dog ear. People tell me off for dog earing, but surely books were meant to be interactive with, and surely you should write in them and fold the pages. Am I making some of you feel uncomfortable by saying this stuff? I'm really sorry. We did do an episode on perfectionism, if you want to have a listen to that. Anyway, the book is inspiring, and the chapters are tiny. They're like two or three pages, and um, they have titles that grab your attention, like Why the Pinto Blew Up, A Lesson from My Mother-in-Law, and Hardware Stores Don't Sell Milk. Anyway, Four Seconds by Peter Bregman. It's out in HarperCollins in the UK and Harper One in the US. And again, you can read it on Kindle, but you can't dog-ear a Kindle, can you? If I was going to give it a score, I'm going to give these books scores. I've decided, uh, 8 out of 10. That would be my personal score, and that's because I quite like structure. And I was kind of left thinking, well, what do I do with this information? And that might be the intention. These series of ideas or thought-provoking suggestions, they are great ideas, they're high quality, and they can help make real change. For example, right now, there's an idea in Chapter 12, which is stop performing, start experiencing. So I could do this podcast like a performance, da-da, but I'd prefer to just have a chat, really. It's just you and me, isn't it? No one else needs to join in, do they? Just us. Listen, I'm going to go make a coffee. Do you want one? Right, the second in our four book review, kind of book review, is the Getting Things Done Workbook. Now, you might remember in the last episode, if you've listened to it, I reviewed GTD for Teens, and I raved about that book, and I stand by that raving. Stand by raving. What's that? But I did also say in the last episode that there is an exciting new development coming out, and this book is it. So, why this book, The Getting Things Done Workbook? It sets you up as if David Allen himself was visiting you. Now, it's been written by David Allen and Brandon Hall, and it helps you set up the framework. And it follows a great structure. It gives you a headline understanding of each element and then allows you to delve deeper. So you can go into it quite sort of lightweight, just skipping through the the ideas, the titles first of all, and only dive in if you want to. It's got five sections. The first section is why you need it. So this helps you work out what your life could be like if you were in even more control than you are now. Section two is start here. And the key there is a self-assessment where you define your starting point. And then it gives an introduction to the five key steps of GTD. And then you make a commitment, which helps motivate you for when you get stuck in the future. Section three is the 10 moves. Really practical from setting up your intrays to working out how you're going to capture things as they happen. It's a bit like having David work with you to set up your system in a way that works for you. Section four is more GTD stuff, so that's where you can dive deeper into the methods and the tools and get a more enriched version if you want it. And section five is a tracker, and we love a tracker. Here's what GTD Brazil says about it. Mas vai ter uma diagramação diferente, com mais ilustrações. Espaço para preencher, tem exercícios para fazer. Aqui, ó, como este livro funciona. Aquele modo. Okay, um, 
So a snippet there for our Portuguese speaking listeners. How, how many listeners out there uh, speak Portuguese? I'm not sure. If you're asking why I didn't put up an English speaking video, well, at the time of recording, I couldn't find one because this book is so new. Plus, we are an international podcast, so why not broaden our horizons a bit? The GTD workbook is great for complete newcomers or seasoned GTDers. As GTD Brazil said, at least this is what I think they said, it's more interactive, there are more images, and there's lots of bits that you can fill in, it asks for commitments and so on. So that's the Getting Things Done workbook. It's published by Piatkus Books in the UK. I've not heard of them before. Piatkus, Piatkus, P-I-A-T-K-U-S in the UK and on Penguin in the US. Uh, you can get it on Kindle, but for me... When buying a workbook, I like to write in the pages and draw pictures and use different coloured pens and so on. So the paper version is what I'd recommend. I'd score this book, because I've decided to start scoring them now, um, I'd score this book 9.5 out of 10, and it only loses half a mark because I think they perhaps could have covered the same thing in a smaller format. This large print desk-type format great but it does make it a little bit impractical if you're going to work on this on the train um, or if you carry it around in a bag or a, a coat pocket or something these next two books don't contain specific ideas to go and do but what they've got in common is that they are about the philosophy of life and particularly how we interact with other people they're also really good. Um, that's a good enough reason, isn't it? So the first book, Everything is F***ed by Mark Manson. So straight away, we've got a bit of a problem, and the problem is the title. See, this podcast is Categorise Non-Explicit Language. Now, those of you who know me know that is not a policy I have generally, um, but I did make the decision to keep the podcast non-explicit because, well, some people don't like it. And that means we can't say the title. Um, or, obviously, I'm bleeping it out. And it's actually, it's quite interesting. If you look at versions of this book around the world, they deal with the F word in different ways. In the UK, my copy of the U in the F word is replaced with Manson's now characteristic inkblot. And that's the same in most Western countries. In some parts of Asia, they've replaced most of the word um, except the E and D at the end, which they've left in place uh, on a, like a, a row of punctuation. In fact, in one picture, I saw a person had completely covered the word in black tape when they posted a review on Tumblr. But it was Tumblr. Does anyone use Tumblr anymore? So, if you are offended by the use of the F word, then don't look inside, because it appears plenty of times, often relating to something very, very funny. So, what the f***? is this book about? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. Here's Mark Manson himself talking about the book. I called the book Everything is F***ed because if you look at the world today, we live in kind of a, a very strange period where by every material metric, the world is better than it's ever been. We're living longer, we're healthier, we're wealthier, we have more technology, we're curing diseases and stuff. Like, it's actually better to be alive than it has been at any other point in human history. Yet if you look around, everybody is losing their damn minds all the time. They're losing it politically, socially. If you go on Twitter, you think the apocalypse is coming. And uh, 
I just think that's very strange. So I wanted to write a book that investigated what is it about modern life and modern technology that creates this sense of hysteria, this sense that everything is going to hell in a handbasket when you look out your window and everything's great. I hope he's okay with me sharing that. Now, if you've read his previous book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F***, that book was actually about the idea that you should actually give a f but about the right things. In this book, Mark turns our focus outward to the world. And the clue to what the book is about is in the subtitle, A Book About Hope. And the subjects are so diverse, it covers everything from great philosophers, frontal lobotomies, that remarkable photograph of, that, um, of the Tibetan monk, the, the one who set himself on fire in Vietnam. It covers marketing, covers religion. Yeah, quite a lot on religion, actually, but a different kind of religion. It introduces the idea of the thinking brain and the feeling brain. Now, this is an idea that I've come across uh, in a top-line way in, actually, it's in GTD for Teens. It's also covered in a much deeper way in Daniel Kahneman's Thinking Fast and Slow. Now, that is a heavyweight piece of work. Um, I've had that book for three years and I still haven't finished it. So it might sound like heavy going, but it's so readable, I read it twice in a week, which is surprising given that it does cover such heavyweight subjects like narcissism or the future of mankind. I don't think it's readable because Manson shies away from the challenging stuff. This is not a kid's book. Ultimately, the book is about hope. And if you love stationery, you'll be able to relate to the story of a man called Elliot who, instead of attending a key investor's meeting, decided that the time would be spent better buying a stapler. And right there in that story is the key takeaway for me. Not staplers. Um, the key takeaway for me was the thinking, feeling brain and that insight into why we act like we do. What causes it? This book helps us to understand other people and therefore ourselves. It's a great book. I thoroughly recommend this one. It's out on Harper, on Kindle. It's out as an audiobook. The audiobook is narrated by Mark Manson himself. And if you like his work, Mark has got a blog at markmanson.net where he covers all sorts of intriguing subjects. This book made it into this recommendations episode because it's great and it gets a straight 10 out of 10 for me. Go and buy it. You won't regret it. So that's Everything is F*** by Mark Manson. Finally, we'll look at Talking to Strangers. If you know the name Malcolm Gladwell, you'll know that this journalist, author and public speaker is ubiquitous at the moment across the worlds of podcasting, literature and journalism. One of my favourite podcasts is Gladwell's Revisionist History. Oh, and I also discovered when researching for this podcast episode that Malcolm was born in Fareham, which is not even 10 miles from where I'm standing right now. Can you hear the wind? It's very windy out. I hope you can't hear that. Talking to Strangers is Gladwell's sixth book, and it was released in September of this year, 2019. So why am I including it in my 2019 must-read list, and what is it all about? Well, why don't we let Malcolm tell us himself? Here's a snip from the Penguin Books video where he tells us more. Two people with kind of differing agendas were having conversations and they were completely misunderstanding each other, um, who they were, what they wanted. And I thought, oh, that's what I should write a book about. And so that's what I've done, is to write a book about 
this phenomena, which strikes me as a phenomena that's at the heart of all manner of modern controversies, which is people from uh, people of different perspectives meet each other for the first time and proceed to profoundly misinterpret each other's intentions. Um, and so each chapter of this book is a different case study. I talk about Bernie Madoff, the, the most extraordinary Ponzi schemer of all time. So like Mark Manson's book, this book stayed with me. Um, not just because Gladwell's a great storyteller, but this theme of how we interact with each other speaks to how we deal with work colleagues, why we think we're better at spotting lies than we actually are, and ultimately how someone acting in a role with a remarkable level of training and experience can still cause a situation to go massively wrong. It's quite humbling, um, it's quite sobering, and it's really powerful. But there's something else I like, and this is kind of the point. I'd forgotten that I had already heard the chapter called The Queen of Cuba on Malcolm Gladwell's Revisionist History podcast. And then I remembered that he said that his aim for talking to strangers was to create an audiobook which is richer than a simple narrated audiobook. I'm paraphrasing a bit here, but effectively what he was saying is that the audiobook will have music, audio tape, archival tape, and that the book itself was written with that format in mind. What he's seeking to do is to create a much more immersive piece of audio, more like a podcast than just an audiobook. Here's an example. In the book, there's the story of Sandra Bland. And in the audiobook, you hear the actual audio of her encounter with the police officer. Here's a small snip. You okay? I'm waiting on you. you. This is your job. I'm waiting on you. What do you want me to do? Oh, you seem very irritated. I am. I, I really am. What I'm getting a ticket for, I was getting out of your way. You were speeding up, tailing me. So I move over and you stop me. So yeah, I am a little irritated, but that doesn't stop you from giving me a ticket. So that's the ticket. Are you done? You asked me what was wrong and I told you. Okay. So now I'm done, yeah. Okay. You mind putting out your cigarette, please? Come on. I'm in my car, but I have to put out my cigarette. Well, you can step on out now. I don't have to step out of my car. Step out of the car. Now, I'm not going to play the whole thing, um, A, because it's very long, and there are some controversial sections which are really quite powerful. I'll give you the choice. If you want to listen, I'll post a link to where I found the, the footage. And there are a lot of other really challenging subjects in this book. It's not for everyone. But the point is that the addition of audio makes it powerful. It immerses you in the story. That's what we try to do here at Sharp. Not just bring you ideas and tell you what they are, but create stories using a bit of sound design and bringing you something that's richer than just some bloke talking. I'm obsessed with all things audio. I'm constantly working at getting better at my own audio skills. I'm always watching YouTube videos on how these amazing artists engineer audio for the music industry and how audio is used in films. George Lucas apparently said that 50% of a movie is the audio. I've learned that when audio works best, you don't know it's there. And then you can get immersed in the story or the ideas that the, the artist, the director, or even the podcaster is trying to convey. When I edit this podcast, I work really hard at trying to make sure that any audio I use is subtle enough to help the story or the idea, but not take over. Right now, for instance, 
you're listening to me speak. And in the edit, I will have probably added some gentle, quiet background music. Now, if I hadn't pointed it out, you might not even have noticed it. But now I've pointed it out, you can probably hear it, and suddenly the audio's taken over, and you've probably stopped listening to me because the spell is broken. Steve, can you turn that down a bit, please? Thank you. I went on a bit of a ramble here, but I guess I'm making the case for the unsung heroes who craft the audio to your favourite film, your favourite podcast, or even your favourite audiobook. Anyway, I've gone off track a bit. So back to talking to strangers. What am I saying? Well, what I'm saying is don't do what I did. Don't read Talking to Strangers by Malcolm Gladwell, but download the audiobook version instead. Take Malcolm at his word and enjoy a more immersive, richer, and even more rewarding experience by listening to the audiobook instead of reading words on a page. Now, obviously, you can download the audiobook at Audible. Um, and if you do want to read the paper version, um, it's published by Alan Lane in the UK and Penguin in the US. Right, I've decided to score these things, haven't I? Um, so, what would I score talking to strangers? Well, as a good read, I'd score it 10 out of 10. Um, as something that helps you get better at stuff, uh, maybe 7 out of 10, there are some really interesting ideas. It, it's a lesser practical self-help book than the others, but it is still a great listen. I reckon so anyway. So hopefully there, I've not just put four books on your radar that might interest you. What I'm also hoping to do with this episode is to suggest thinking a bit more carefully about the media that you choose and that it, it can vary depending on what you want to do with the subject. Four seconds, there's a summary at the end of each chapter. It's hard to bookmark an audio book. You can do it, whereas with a real book, you can fold the pages over and if you want to revise it or maybe look back, because those pages are folded over, you can skip through the chapters really quickly. GTD workbook, that's very practical. And for that, I think you need the book. You need to write in it. You need to stick post-it notes in it and highlight it and dog ear it and even rip pages out. Whoa! Uh, everything is f- you can listen straight to the audiobook or you can read it. It suits both. This is a good example of a book that's especially well narrated by the author on the audiobook. And there's some real credibility when the author does the narrating, assuming the author can narrate, because they know why they wrote what they wrote. And when they're telling you, they can tell you themselves. It comes from the heart. Talking with strangers, I reckon the best experience, the richest experience is listening to it via the audiobook. You can hear the original audio, you can hear the same things that people heard themselves, and also Malcolm recreates some of the scenes as well to help the understanding. So I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Obviously, all of the links for all of the videos and the books and everything will be in the show notes. So we've nearly finished, but before we go, I'm going to hand you back to me outside. Well, we decided that we would come back to the woods. Now, in that episode, we talked about audiobooks. And uh, we talked particularly about talking to strangers and how you can get even more engaged when they add in audio of the real event. In fact, you might remember at the start, when I was here in the woods, um, that you could tell I was in the woods because I was making the sounds of the woods, walking around with the uh, 
uh, leaves underneath and you saw pictures of me that I took in the woods. But the helicopter, the rain and the thunder, they were all added in post-production. So only you know that I added those things in in post-production because you made it to the end. So this is like a little reward, a little thank you, but don't tell the others. Because they haven't listened this far, so that's our secret. What I love about making this podcast and why there is sometimes a great big gap between episodes is I want to make them the best that they can be. And I don't really want to compromise on the quality. A lot of work goes on to do that. And obviously, you know, I have to juggle that with a day job, family, all the other stuff and moving things around. But I hope you'd agree with my approach that uh, I'm going to try and aim for higher quality, even if that means it's less frequent. So... Keep an eye out on social media, ready to see when the next episode comes out. In the meantime, I wanted to thank you for listening. And also, for those of you that share it, especially for you, there are so many cool people in the social media podcast world that keep me motivated to want to do this. So I'll see you next time. Now at this point, in Adam Buxton's podcast, he tells his listeners that he loves them, and then he shouts bye at the top of his voice. I'm not going to do that, because that would just be copying even though I do think you're amazing. Just you though, not the others. All the links, resource and articles I've used in this episode will be in the show notes right there on your device. Hopefully you'll find them helpful and useful and hopefully you'll find this whole podcast helpful and useful. I hope you do and I do spend a lot of time and effort making sure it's relevant, helpful and entertaining enough for you to listen to. If you agree and you'd like to show your support, there are several ways you can do it. You could go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating or a great review, which would be fab. Alternatively, you can share the podcast on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. We are at Sharp Podcast, one word, two Ps. Or you could even show someone how to subscribe on their phone or their device. And finally, on the website, sharppodcast.com, you can leave feedback, subscribe or go and listen to the archive episodes. I'm off. I hope you're able to find one thing before our next episode that you can do, which will help you get better. And remember, don't waste time comparing yourself to anyone else. The only person you should try to be any better than is the person that you were yesterday. Bye-bye.